Hello, my name is Nigel Bowen. I'd like to welcome you to episode 19 of the Wi-Fi for Beginners podcast. This is a series of podcasts discussing the fundamentals of wireless LAN networking. In each episode, we'll take a look at a different aspect of Wi-Fi to build your understanding and knowledge of wireless LAN networks. Each episode will be accompanied by a set of slides describing the topics covered in that episode. Although you don't need to review these slides while you're listening to the podcast, they might be useful uh, to review later on to understand some of the material and equipment uh, that we've discussed in the podcast. All recordings and supporting material can be found at my website, which is wifi4beginners.com. Okay then, as we're starting a new module, just going to give a little bit of background to the podcast series for people who may have joined us partway through the various episodes that I've been presenting. The podcast itself is actually broken down into a number of major modules and in each module we're taking a look at a particular aspect of wireless LAN networking that we take a bit of a deep dive into. So there'll be a number of episodes which cover each of the modules. And in this particular module we're actually moving on to the subject of wireless control and management. And strongly recommend that if you haven't actually heard any of the podcasts before that you maybe take a trip back to episode one and start from the beginning because we do actually build on quite a few different concepts and terms uh, that get introduced along the way as we move through the various subjects. Uh, So just a little bit about the podcast itself. It's obviously a podcast to talk about the fundamentals of Wi-Fi networking through a series of audio presentations. Hopefully it's in a relatively easy to understand format for you to listen to as me or maybe making your daily commute or uh, or maybe running somewhere on a flight or uh, down at the gym. Uh, It's mainly aimed at people who are IT professionals, have some background in IT and networking, maybe uh, students or maybe people who are looking at a career move into uh, uh, networking, particularly wireless networking, obviously. Um, There is a certain level of assumed knowledge if you're listening to the podcast series. Uh, Unfortunately, it can't cover all of the fundamentals of networking generally, so hopefully you'll understand a little bit about the uh, fundamentals of the OSI seven layer model, a little bit about um, Ethernet switching and routing, the basics of IP addressing, uh, some bits and pieces about local area networks and networking in general and uh, also assume that uh, as I said earlier you've reviewed some of the previous episodes so you understand some of the concepts that we're building on as we uh, move through the series. Uh, Also we're talking about Wi-Fi networking in uh, commercial and professional environments it's not really home Wi-Fi networks that we're talking about here. A very quick overview about myself. As I said, my name is Nigel Bowden. I'm uh, based in the UK. I'm a uh, wireless consultant, been in the IT industry for uh, over 30 years now, and I'm specialising in wireless LANs at the moment. Got uh, a few industry certifications, including some uh, Cisco CCMP certifications and the uh, CWMP Certified Wireless Network Expert, number 135, and uh, a number of other various vendor-specific certifications. Uh, day-to-day role is design consultancy deployment of wireless LAN networks and you can find me on various social media outlets including uh, Twitter and LinkedIn I've got my own blog uh, on Twitter you can find me I'm Wi-Fi Nigel and uh, my blog is at wifi nigel.com so in this particular module we're starting to take a look at wireless control and management uh, originally, this module was actually going to be called uh, Wireless LAN Controllers. I was actually going to step through uh, another component in a typical wireless LAN network. We've already covered wireless access points. We've covered wireless clients. And uh, very often you'll have some sort of wireless LAN controller deployed in a network as well. But as times have moved on, this is probably a little bit of a simplistic approach. 
to just discuss uh, wireless LAN controller as an individual component, uh, generally a hardware item. So I've sort of broadened it out a little bit uh, into the topic of wireless control and management. But the majority of the content within this module will actually be focused around wireless LAN controllers and uh, some of the other alternatives that we have today. So in this module, we'll be having a look at a number of topics. We'll be looking at the need for management and control. And uh, this gives us a bit of an idea of why we need wireless LAN controller devices and uh, other devices which perform a similar function. We'll be updating our reference model that we looked at way back at the beginning of the podcast series. And we'll be updating that to include wireless LAN controllers. Uh, we'll be looking at the history of wireless LAN controllers to understand how we got where we are today. Uh, we'll be looking at the concepts of control, management and data planes. We'll be taking a closer look at what we mean by a wireless LAN controller, looking at some of the various form factors and implementations that are available. Uh, we'll be having a look at wireless LAN connectivity, taking a look at the uh, data plane paths that are available to us, and also looking at uh, AP tunnels that are formed between wireless LAN controllers and access points. Uh, we'll be looking at a few other typical wireless LAN controller functions that we uh, typically expect to get out of a wireless LAN controller. And we'll also be having a look at some alternatives to uh, physical wireless LAN controller platforms and uh, having a look at the various pros and cons of various other form factors and implementations of the management and control function uh, that a wireless LAN controller provides for us. So we've got a fair amount of information to get through there so i would imagine this is going to cover maybe three or four episodes but uh, certainly going to be very interesting and uh, very very useful if you're involved with any sort of um, medium to large scale wireless LAN network so the first thing we're going to have a look at is the need for control and management in a wireless LAN network uh, what do we need a centralized control and management function? And uh, this is typically something that uh, a wireless LAN controller would provide for us. And uh, this is driven by the fact that once we actually move beyond a handful of individual access points, then actually managing them uh, becomes very burdensome from an um, administration point of view. It becomes time-consuming and it becomes very error-prone. And we've looked previously at uh, wireless access points individually, but you can imagine once you actually start to deploy tens or hundreds of them uh, across a building or a campus or, or some sort of distributed network, trying to actually keep them all in sync from a config point of view, and uh, configure them en masse it is very, very challenging if you have to visit each individual AP to uh, to perform configuration on it. There's various aspects of the configuration we might like to replicate many times, things like the SSID configurations that we want to use, the SSID names uh, that we want to make available across the network, whether maybe radio policy settings we want to apply to all of our radios. That might include things like the bands that we're going to use, uh, the uh, speeds that we're going to support on each of the bands. Uh, there may be things like security settings that we need to apply to our SSIDs and, and this would be things like authentication mechanisms that we want to uh, enable and also things like uh, security mechanisms such as uh, access control list that we'd like to apply to um, an SSID potentially and when we're talking about as I say, rolling these things out across a large number of access points. Only a, a centralized management technique of some type can actually provide this. We can't actually keep SSHing uh, around to all of our uh, access points or browsing to their web interfaces and keep setting them all up individually. We need one centralized point to push our configurations out from. 
Similarly, once we move beyond a handful of individual access points, uh, there are various control functions that we uh, really would like to get coordinated from a central point. So this is a sort of decision-making process that needs to be automated from a central point to coordinate the way the whole of our uh, wireless infrastructure actually operates. And, and this could include things like uh, channel assignments. We'd like to maybe auto-assign our channels on our access points to avoid co-channel interference with our own access points that are in the same building. We've talked previously about the harm which co-channel interference can cause to our network, which eating up the airtime available to our clients. And also we may have neighbouring access points from uh, other networks, other buildings nearby, and we'd like to avoid those. So being able to automatically uh, assign our channels from a central point is very, very useful indeed. Also, we've got uh, things like AP Power Management. We'd maybe like to adjust the transmit power of our wireless access points to suit the environment that they're deployed into. We'd like to automatically uh, change the cell size, again, to avoid things like co-channel interference, which, again, can be very useful in terms of uh, ensuring the efficiency of our airtime for our clients. We'd also maybe like to have the automated control of uh, roaming-related functions for our clients. For instance, if we'd like to make encryption keys available uh, between access points as clients roam from uh, AP to AP, we need uh, some sort of centrally coordinated decision-making process to uh, to make this happen. Also, functions such as rogue detection and mitigation of rogues, so wireless intrusion prevention uh, features, need some sort of centralised or coordinated function within uh, the wireless LAN controller. And this is another instance where we need a global view of our wireless LAN infrastructure uh, to be able to coordinate any sort of responses and monitoring of these types of uh, security events. And as I've previously mentioned, a wireless LAN controller is often used uh, to provide these management and control functions. It's uh, not the only solution to provide both of these, but uh, it is a very popular option. And I just want to sort of draw the distinction between the management and the control function. The the management function uh, is where we actually set particular individual parameters, uh, maybe on our wireless access points, uh, which are part of the static configuration. And with the control function, we're actually taking part in some sort of decision-making process, some sort of coordinated control activity, uh, very much akin to the way routing protocols operate in a routed network. Uh, whereby we have uh, automated responses to uh, changes in network topology in the same way we want our wireless LAN controller to react to changes in the wireless LAN environment. So thinking back now to our original reference model that we discussed way back in the early episodes of this podcast, we tried to pull together a reference network model, which would be something that would be fairly easy to visualise, which you'd be fairly familiar with, uh, to sort of understand how the various components of our wireless LAN infrastructure uh, typically hang together. And uh, just thinking back to that reference model, we had our typical core distribution and edge layer, uh, traditional wired infrastructure. And uh, out at the edge uh, on our layer two edge switches, we connected up all of our wireless access points. Our wireless LAN clients connected wirelessly to the wireless LAN access points and uh, the access points uh, connected into the edge switches allowed access into the rest of the wired infrastructure. Well, now we're actually going to extend that slightly, and we're actually going to add some wireless LAN controllers in at the distribution layer. Uh, so if you can imagine the core distribution and edge layers, we're actually putting in a wireless LAN controller connected into our uh, layer 3 distribution switches. Uh, depending on the implementation of your network, it could be the core or distribution where we actually connect in the wireless LAN controllers. But now we have the 
the uh, wireless access points out at the edge, talking to our layer 2 edge switches. And uh, in the distribution layer there, we've got the wireless LAN controller. And uh, what we tend to find in this sort of environment is our wireless access points uh, will actually form a tunnel back to the wireless LAN controller that they're assigned to. And this tunnel will be used to pass uh, management control and even user data across between the wireless access points and the wireless LAN controller. So that's our new modified model. We've got a core distribution and edge with our wireless LAN controller connected to our distribution switches and the access points as before connected onto our edge switches. If you are following along with the slide deck, please take a look at slide number eight, where you can see our updated version of our reference network model. So uh, now we're just going to take a quick look at the history of wireless LAN controllers. Uh, this is just to give us some context as to where we are now with the various solutions which are available. Uh, good old physical wireless LAN controllers are not the uh, only game in town anymore. There are plenty of other options. Uh, they are still a very popular option, particularly in larger enterprise deployments. But uh, as I say, they're not the only solution available. And I think understanding how they've evolved over time and how we've got to where we are now is actually quite valuable. So just a very brief history of wireless LAN controllers and a very brief look at the uh, options that they've evolved into. So back in the early days of wireless LANs, way back when, um, APs were provided in one or two areas of an organization just as a convenience really to provide uh, some sort of wireless access typically for uh, fairly specialized devices. We had very small numbers of access points that were deployed at that point and it was very easy to administer them. Low numbers of uh, users and low levels of traffic. Um, in those days there was very little uh, security, little or no security in fact, uh, because uh, wireless LANs are very much sort of niche technology. And then over time, the demand for wireless access uh, grew, as we know, uh, as we talked about when we were talking about our wireless LAN clients in a previous module. And uh, we started to get specialised uh, equipment, things uh, like hand scanners in warehouses and voice handsets in medical environments became very popular. And we started to get laptops creeping into more common use within organisations. And this drove the requirement for more and more access points uh, to be uh, deployed around various uh, companies, facilities, establishments. Uh, we had more access points uh, which were required at this point. There are still relatively small numbers of users and, and low levels of data, uh, pretty minimal security, but it was getting more and more difficult to actually administer this uh, growing number of wireless access points as uh, wireless networks grew in popularity and then as the widespread adoption of wireless lands really kicked in as uh, laptops became very commonplace within many enterprise organizations uh, there was an expectation of uh, mobility in, in many environments including enterprises and medical establishments, educational environments, uh, things were growing fairly quickly now and, and the number of users uh, were growing more and more. Security was becoming more and more of a concern because of the popularity of wireless LAN connectivity and people started to realise that they really did need to do something to secure up wireless LAN networks and even more wireless access points were required to satisfy the demand for more coverage and more and more throughput on wireless LAN networks and at this point trying to administer individual wireless access points was just too 
too much uh, of a challenge for organizations to keep up with, especially, as I mentioned previously, trying to standardize configurations across many, many APs, standardizing things like your uh, wireless LAN configurations, including SSID naming, security setups, the RF management side of things was very, very difficult. Uh, Things like channel planning, power settings uh, for wireless access points was incredibly difficult to do. And this is where the requirement for a centralized management of wireless LAN infrastructure came from. And also hand in hand with that was the requirement for uh, coordinated control of both access points and uh, wireless users and clients using the network. And uh, also there was a, a requirement for a rich coordinated set of services and features across wireless LAN networks. And so some sort of common administration point uh, was desperately required as wireless networks grew to be many hundreds or thousands of access points. And this is the requirement that wireless LAN controllers were created to meet. So instead of having many individual access points, each one being a standalone uh, autonomous access point, as it's known, uh, with each one having an individual uh, configuration setting, all access points were configured and controlled from a single central point, which was the wireless LAN controller. Uh, This meant that from a single administration point, uh, it could make changes to a large number of access points with just a few clicks on a web GUI of a wireless LAN controller. And this really did allow consistent policies and configurations to be easily and quickly applied across an entire AP estate of many tens, hundreds, or even thousands of wireless access points and that really took away the headache of the individual standalone access points that had been previously deployed. In order to take advantage of wireless LAN controllers, uh, a new breed of wireless access points were actually created. They were known as lightweight access points and they differed from the existing uh, breed of standalone access points. Uh, The lightweight access points contained very minimal code, which is just enough to get the AP booted and onto the network. And then once the uh, AP has uh, an IP address, some sort of layer three connection, it would actually uh, form a tunneled connection back to a wireless LAN controller, as we'd find it through a variety of discovery mechanisms. And you can think of this tunnel as being very much like a a VPN type connection. And uh, over this layer three tunnel, uh, we would get control management and maybe user data flowing between the access point and the wireless LAN controller. Some typical tunnel technologies used for this are uh, LWAP, which is a Cisco proprietary tunneling mechanism. We've got CAPWAP, which is uh, a standardized tunneling mechanism. And we've got uh, GRE uh, tunneling, which is another standardized generic uh, tunneling mechanism. One important feature of the wireless access points, as we said previously, is they contain very minimal code when they're actually booted, uh, just enough to get themselves onto the network. And what you find is when the AP has actually formed a tunneled connection to the wireless LAN controller, the wireless LAN controller will then actually download the operating code, which is needed by the access point. So uh, this keeps the code on the access points in sync with the wireless LAN controller itself and in addition to the operating software the wireless LAN controller will actually download the operating configuration of the access point so the access point starts with no code and no configuration boots itself onto the network forms a tunnel back to the wireless LAN controller uh, and then we'll get the operating code and configuration which it needs and this is a very common uh, scenario for many wireless LAN controllers from uh, many different vendors out there. 
So lightweight access points are quite a contrast in terms of their operation compared to their older legacy counterparts. In earlier access points, uh, the access point was actually completely standalone. Each access point held its own operating code and configuration. The APs had no knowledge of any other access points in the same wireless LAN network. There was no coordination of, uh, of resources at all between access points. As I say, they're very much standalone. Uh, and there was very limited management of the uh, access points themselves, you maybe get uh, a central SNMP-based uh, network management tool to configure them, but uh, these were fairly limited in their capabilities and certainly provided no control function whatsoever. Um, autonomous APs uh, like this are still available. Uh, you can still buy them uh, and use them in uh, enterprise environments, but these tend to be limited to much smaller networks or maybe to uh, niche applications uh, such as maybe bridge links between buildings. Certainly the majority of uh, access points which are deployed in enterprise environments will be associated with a wireless LAN controller and will actually be uh, a lightweight variety. The initial wireless LAN controllers which emerged were your typical 19-inch pieces of network hardware. They're usually 1 or 2U in height and they uh, tended to be deployed at the core of wired networks. As the demand for wireless LANs rose and uh, the variety of applications and environments extended, uh, there was a requirement for smaller form factor wireless LAN controllers and uh, smaller controllers that were suited to more branch-type applications uh, actually started to emerge. So there was now a choice between the uh, larger 19-inch core type deployments and out of the branch could get much smaller maybe even desktop sized form factors which were uh, becoming available and then as time moved on we had the rise of uh, virtualized services uh, which became very common in many enterprise organizations and so many manufacturers started to actually make wireless LAN controllers available as uh, a VM to be deployed into existing virtualized environments and this obviously uh, lent itself to existing VMs VMware type environments which organizations already had in place and it also allowed possibilities around cloud hosted uh, wireless LAN controllers and even the provision of uh, cloud services uh, which are based around a wireless LAN controller and certainly the availability of virtualized wireless LAN controllers and wireless LAN controller functionality as a cloud service has become very popular amongst uh, many organizations uh, particularly the sort of lower end and uh, medium sized businesses uh, certainly got lower uh, operating costs and ease of maintenance. But it's worth remembering that uh, although they may be virtualized or cloud-based controllers, they're still providing the same functions as a dedicated hardware wireless LAN controller platforms. And uh, things have moved on one stage further now with the growth in capabilities of our wireless access points themselves. They've got increased resources as the sophistication of access points has increased over time. And we've got manufacturers now who are providing a solution which is based on uh, an access point acting as a wireless LAN controller controller. It's actually acting in a dual function as an access point and a wireless LAN controller at the same time. Uh, and this allows small deployments of access points to be deployed at something like a, a branch or maybe a, a retail outlet. Uh, and we can have one access point that's actually acting as a wireless LAN controller for all of the access points which are deployed in that particular branch or outlet. Uh, this is limited to a fairly small number of access points, but it's uh, certainly a very cost-effective 
very attractive option uh, in those sorts of environments uh, rather than having a centrally based wireless LAN controller. We can just have one access point acting as the wireless LAN controller for everything in that particular location. So that wraps up our history lesson around wireless LAN controllers. You can see we've now got a variety of options uh, that vary from uh, large pieces of dedicated hardware through to smaller form factor branch-based wireless LAN controllers. And we've obviously also got the uh, option of virtualized VM uh, controllers. We can have uh, cloud services. And now we've even got uh, wireless access points which can act as small-scale standalone wireless LAN controllers. So we've uh, covered quite a bit of ground already in this particular podcast, but I just want to finish off by introducing uh, one more concept before we uh, finish for today's episode. Um, one very important concept in uh, networking generally, and it certainly applies to wireless LAN networking, uh, is the concept of uh, a control plane, a management plane, and data plane within uh, a networking architecture. And uh, we've already sort of touched on these uh, elements. We've talked about control functions, management functions, and user data flows. Uh, but just want to sort of formalize this a little bit more. So the control plane, management plane, and data plane are conceptual elements within uh, our wireless LAN infrastructure. They're uh, functions, if you like, within the uh, wireless LAN infrastructure, which may be provided by one or many components. So looking first at the control plane, uh, and this is the uh, decision-making, uh, the coordination and signaling type functions that are provided within uh, a wireless LAN infrastructure. And examples of this is things like the coordination of our AP channel assignments uh, amongst our access points, the coordination of client roaming. We've talked about making encryption keys available between access points and things like client load balancing between access points. These are all functions of our control plane. Uh, the next conceptual plane is the management plane, and this is to do with the administration and monitoring of devices. Uh, and this includes things like the uh, changing the configuration of devices using a management system, using uh, protocols such as SNMP or SSH. Uh, and then finally, we've got the data plane of our infrastructure. And this is the actual path over which user data frames and packets flow. Uh, so this can be things like the connection between uh, an AP and a wireless LAN controller, the, the tunnel connection, or it can be the uh, physical connection between the wireless access point and its local edge switch. So these are some important concepts that we need to understand and to actually be able to visualize where each of these resides when we're talking about our wireless LAN infrastructure. The functions provided by each component within the network will vary, but they will tend to form part of one or more of these planes within our infrastructure. So that wraps it up for this particular episode. Hopefully this has been a useful introduction to wireless control and management concepts. Uh, just going to do a very quick review of the things that we've covered in this particular episode. Uh, we talked about the need for control and management. We talked about the fact that once we get beyond a handful of individual access points, we actually have difficulties with trying to uh, administer and control those access points. And so we need uh, some sort of control and management system. Uh, we also talked about our reference model, which we discussed earlier in the series. And we've actually modified our reference model now so that... Uh, 
at the distribution layer, we've added in our wireless LAN controllers and uh, we now have the concept of our wireless access points forming some sort of tunnel connection back to our wireless LAN controllers so that they can provide the management and control functions uh, which we need. We also then had a look at the history of wireless LAN controllers. We talked about the fact that in the early days of wireless LANs, we would just have one or two access points. It was a fairly specialised technology, uh, very low security, low number of users, so there was no real need for a centralised uh, management and coordination function. But over time, as the demands for wireless LAN connectivity grew, it became unmanageable as we get more and more access points, more and more users, and higher requirements for security and the standardization of configuration across those access points. And so there was a natural requirement for uh, centralized control and management point. And this is where wireless LAN controllers sprang up from. Uh, and then over time, we've moved on from traditional 19-inch uh, network appliances, which were the initial wireless LAN controllers uh, that emerged. Uh, we moved into smaller form factor wireless LAN controllers for branch environments. Then we had the emergence of uh, VM-based wireless LAN controllers uh, cloud-based implementations of wireless LAN controllers and uh, in more recently we've had uh, access points themselves which have sufficient resources to act as standalone small-scale wireless LAN controllers which are again very useful in branch type environments and then finally we talked about uh, three very important concepts within our wireless LAN infrastructure we talked about the control plane which is the uh, decision-making and coordination and signaling function of our network. We talked about the management plane, which is the administration and monitoring function of our infrastructure. And then we talked about the data plane, which is the path over which our user data frames and packets actually flow. Well, that pretty much wraps it up for this particular episode. I hope you found the information in this podcast of use, and uh, hopefully you're starting to understand a little bit more about wireless control and management in our wireless LAN infrastructures. In the forthcoming episodes, we'll be delving even deeper into many of these concepts. Uh, just like to remind you, if you can, get along to my website, which is wififorbeginners.com, uh, where you can find all of the supporting material for the podcast. You can find recordings, slideshows, quizzes, uh, which accompany the podcast series. I'd also like to strongly recommend that you sign up for the uh, monthly newsletter, which I put out, which accompanies the podcast. Got some very, very useful resources and offers available on that. So if you get along to the website, you can see a sign-up form on the right-hand side of any of the pages of the website. It's very quick and easy and free to sign up for. Well, thanks again for joining me on this particular episode. I look forward to joining you again very soon on the next episode of the Wi-Fi for Beginners podcast.